Support for Gig with Mike Redman comes from Music Connection. For 45 years, connecting artists and musicians with each other and the industry. And you can find them on the web at musicconnection.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Gig, where we explore jobs in the film and music industry. I'm your host, Mike Redman, and today I'm talking with Rocco Hinman, the president and CEO of Sandra Martin Associates in Los Angeles. Along with his partners, Rocco represents some of the finest behind-the-camera talent in Hollywood. That includes producers, production designers, directors of photography, editors, costume designers, and special effects supervisors from all over the globe. Rocco's very humble about what he does, kind of the opposite of a stereotypical agent Jerry Maguire type. When I first approached him for this interview, he quickly said, Michael, I don't really do interviews. My job is to simply help my clients with their careers. Well, I finally nailed him down, and I'm happy to have him here with me today. So, Rocco, what a cool name, first of all. I mean, I expected you to be maybe a little, you know, huskier, Burlier, Italian yeah. guy. Yeah, maybe right. a little bit. But is that your given name? It is. Yeah, it is my yeah. given name. It's on my birth certificate. It's, um, yeah, in the typical Italian tradition, I'm named mm -hmm. after my grandfather, awesome. uh, who, who was an immigrant from Southern Italy. That's really cool. Did I also notice in IMDb that you, you've worked on some films yourself? Uh, yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I, well, I, I went to film school. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, of course, I made short films. And uh, some of the short films that I made uh, were lucky enough to be featured at festivals um, and win an award or two. So uh, yeah, shortly after film school and IMDb really started to pick up, everybody started putting their short film credits you know, online. So yes, yeah, so I, I, I uh, directed short films, I produced some short films, um, and I also did some uh, sound and audio work. So for our listeners, would you just kind of explain what an agent does? Yeah. Um, I can, I mean, I can only speak, of course, from the point of view of the type of representation that I do. So an agent really is a facilitator. We're there to try to find work opportunities for our clients. Uh, in my case, it's the people who work behind the camera. So cinematographers, production designers, costume designers, editors, visual effects people, and, and some other miscellaneous categories. But we're, we're representing what we call the below-the-line crew. So all of the production department head types of, of positions. And so uh, the job of an agent representing those people is to try to expand their network, to introduce them to decision makers and filmmakers, um, to get them in the room for a meeting so that they can present their ideas for whatever project they're being considered for. Uh, and then uh, hopefully... They receive an offer for the job. Uh, the agent at that point, if we all want to move forward, negotiates the deal terms. These are freelance positions. So, so every every job is, is a, a self-contained uh, agreement. Um, so the agent would negotiate things like salary and travel and credit, perhaps. Uh, all of those perks that one might get, some of the uh, important details that have to be worked out in order to uh, for everybody to move forward as expected. And we're there as well throughout that process to help mediate if there are issues, to, to keep everybody honorable to the agreement that was made, uh, our client as well as the, the filmmakers. We negotiate the terms of the contract and we also oversee the drafting of a contract that comes after that. 
So, uh, you know, we all reach a verbal agreement. The client often has to start before the paperwork has even been drafted. And, and we spend time going back and forth with the company to make sure that the contracts reflect what everybody thinks they agreed to. And then, you know, we just, we sort of make ourselves available as issues come up. If there's something that, that isn't going well, we're there to, to negotiate or not negotiate necessarily, but to, to mediate, to, to step in and help resolve problems if there are any. Um, and then the process really just begins all over again as the client becomes available for another job. So it's, it's cyclical in that way. Thank you. That's, that's a great explanation. I have to say that I imagine that most people don't have uh, any idea, everything that's involved in actually in what you do. It's interesting. I talked to somebody very recently that said, I wouldn't be here today if, if it wasn't for my agent. Oh, that's a nice thing. Said, my career didn't even start to take off until they, you said in the beginning, is expand their network. And because the opportunities out there, right? They're not, they don't call up a DP that's kind of unknown and say, Hey, do you want a job? They not very often. Agent, they call an agent <laughs> that says, I have X dollars this time. Do you have somebody that's, you know, kind of just starting off and wants some more credit and, you know, the little, little, and you have this network already set up. So, right. It's awesome. Right. No, so, you can only you can only get so far usually with your own network. I mean, you you know, uh, if you're a creative person, it's hard to it's hard to be out there advocating for yourself and and looking for the next job when you're working. So uh, it's good to have somebody who has the time and the resources to do that for you, because it is a freelance world. People tend to like to stay employed and go from one job to the next if they're lucky enough. And it's good to have somebody who who's out there doing that for you so you don't have to think about the next job while you're still working on the current one. It's a basic business rule, which is yeah. when you're working, you're not marketing. So yes. the agent is sort of your marketing team, right? Yeah. To keep making sure that you continue to work, right? Ideally, yep. Along that same line, say I'm a, a an editor, a DP, a uh, producer, or uh, somebody that is a below-the-line below crew that you work with, when should I start looking for an agent? You know, I speak at um, film schools on occasion, and, and I get asked this question a lot by the, the, the soon-to-be graduates. When should I be looking for an agent? And even after even after 24 years of doing this, I still don't really have a, you know, a concise answer. It really depends on the position, it depends on the individual, but generally, as a, as a rule, I start to look at people as potential clients when they have a certain amount of work behind them. Um, when there's, you know, an agent has to sell their client, for lack of a better word, you know, to, to people who don't know who they are, people who may not be uh, familiar with their work. So. In doing that, I need something that I can use as my hook to, to grab their attention. And that's usually a production of some, whether it's television or film, um, that's, that's received some type of recognition. Uh, it's either been well-received by audiences, uh, or maybe it's been nominated for an award, or it represents a, a, a clear step forward in this person's career where we know now that they have gone from that that uh, jobbing part of their career to actually being in a position to maybe have choices. Um, uh, they've demonstrated a level of expertise, a level perhaps of, uh, you know, of creativity that would be of enough merit to grab the attention of producers and directors. 
So, you know, usually somebody would have a few credits behind behind them, uh, either TV or film, depending on what their career path is to be, whatever they want. So that's usually what we're looking for, is something that that shows that the person has proven themselves in the capacity of the department head. They, they've shown their, uh, their creative expertise to be um, something that we could market and, uh, and that we, we feel a client that we can make progress for. It's always important for us, to, if we take on a client, we want to know that we can do something for that person, that they don't sign with us and then sit on the sidelines. Yeah, that's really helpful. You probably answered four or five of my questions at one time, which is, which is, no, which is awesome. What should I look for in the agent if I have all those things? Uh, if I have the credentials, I have some credits, uh, maybe I have some accolades, and I come to you, what should I be looking for in an agency? Often when people approach us, They've come to us through a referral. Um, maybe somebody that they've worked with is either a client of ours or somebody that we've worked with often, producers, studio executives, uh, maybe sometimes directors. And they're coming to us on a, on a word of mouth. Um, and I suppose that's always an important thing for anybody who's looking for to, to start a new professional relationship is to find out what do people say about that person. What's, what's the general perception of that agent or that agency? And when we meet people, we rarely put pressure on them to sign. You know, it's, it's a get to know you meeting. Um, we, want, we want to understand the person, where they've come from, where they want to go. And we always end our meeting by saying, you should meet others. You should get a, you know, a sense for yourself of the differences that may exist between the different agents that uh, are available to you and form your own opinion. And, and I think, you know, that's an important part of it. It, it. There's a, this is a relationship and you want to feel that you, uh, you could be a team together, that you're going to work well together. Um, but I think, you know, a good agent is somebody who is persistent. They are assertive. Um, they're, they're good at managing relationships and situations. An agent has to be firm and and advocate for his clients um, without burning bridges you know sometimes sometimes problems do arise and tempers flare and people take things personally and and the agent is there to sort of smooth the waters get to a resolution try to preserve relationships on all sides um you know you also can't be somebody who is afraid of no because we we get no a lot you know, and and uh, and you, you can't run from the first no that you get. You know, so it, it helps if you're if you're uh, somebody who understands that you're not always going to get your way. Your client's not always going to get their way, um, but hopefully the producers don't always get their ways either. And you find a happy medium. You know, so somebody who can be assertive and and knows how to push and how to manage the relationships for you. You, you know, you were you were an agent for quite uh, some time, and and I th believe that you and uh, two colleagues bought Sandra the agency. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Sandra Marsh mm -hmm. was the founder of the company. She started the agency in 1985. Uh, she was married to a production designer, a, a very accomplished production designer, who um, who had many 
colleagues who were costume designers, production designers, cinematographers um, in the mid 80s who did not have an agent. Uh, there, there wasn't really uh, much of a presence of below the line agents at that point. It was uh, it was more of a situation generally where people might be represented in, on a hip pocket basis where, where, where an agent says, OK, you know, if, if you need my help, I'm here for you. Um, but maybe not taking them on as a full-time responsibility, not looking for jobs actively. So Sandra, after after um, seeing her husband go through the process of being hired and negotiating his own deals, realized that there was a void to be filled. There was a need for somebody who's advocating for the department heads. So she started the agency um, on that basis and, and began with a lot of her husband's colleagues who thought they could benefit from having somebody advocating for them. So, uh, and she was with the agency for 30 years. Uh, she retired in 2015 and uh, she had a choice in front of her. Do I just close the agency? Do I merge with some other company? Um, or do I uh, try to keep it going with the people who have been with me uh, up to now? So she fortunately chose the latter and uh, offered offered to my colleagues and me the opportunity to buy the agency and continue it. And we took her up on it. Just on a kind of a personal note, how does it feel different to you to run the agency as being one of the agents? Uh, you certainly develop an appreciation for the, the complexities of owning a business. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, when you're an employee, you think you understand what it takes um, to run a company and, and all that goes along with it, but you don't really fully appreciate how difficult it can be um, until you're in the seat. And, and if you're no longer an employee who could come or go as you wish, um, but uh, you know, being the business owner, you have the obligation of making sure that the employees are happy and that they're compensated well and that they stay with you and you build morale and that you can keep the doors open. Uh, so we have, of course, the financial obligations of keeping the company going. We've got the, the, the burden, if you will, of, uh, of keeping the reputation of the agency strong. And all of those things come along with the ownership, which you don't, um, you don't maybe have to even think about when you're just an employee. Sorry, I had to ask you that question because I've been in that hot seat. I've been in that hot seat many <laughs> times, and uh, my partner and I went three months without our paycheck once to make sure that everybody else was eating. Yeah, absolutely. That, you 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 become last in line financially to keep your business strong if you need to. Fortunately, we've been we've been very lucky. The pandemic was a, a trial for everybody, every every company, not just agencies. So so that was really a, a test, but. Um, but we've actually weathered a lot of storms quite well and, and fortunately haven't had to make any painful decisions uh, along the way, just some uncomfortable ones. So tell me about a, a time or a moment or a project when you said to yourself quietly, wow, I'm really, I am really good at this. I don't know if I've ever gotten to the point where I've been confident that I'm really good at this. Uh, um, yeah, every day. <laughs> you know, I guess um, there's never been like a moment. I, I would say there's never really been a moment where I've felt like I can rest on my laurels. You know, this is a this is a business in which my commodity, if you will, are people. You know, it, it, it's not. Um, I don't sell things. Uh, I don't manufacture anything. 
I deal in people. And and so relationship building, relationship maintaining is, is always very important. And challenges come up every single day and every single week. Um, so it, it's very tricky to ever feel like, you know, I'm really good at this and I'm very confident that uh, I won't ever mess this up. Um, but I think for me at least, the moments that feel the best are when I when I know that I've played an important part in a client getting an opportunity that didn't exist until now. Whether whether that is a first feature film, whether it's a bigger budgeted project, whether it's a client getting an opportunity to work in a genre that they've been chasing and not had a chance yet to experience. Um, it feels good because we're here trying to help people live their dreams. Uh, right. And, and, uh, and that's a big burden. I mean, that, there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with that. And I like these people. I like these clients very much and I believe in them. I wouldn't represent them if I didn't. Um, and you, you really want to help them. You really want to give them those opportunities that they've been chasing and you want to help open the doors to bigger and better things. So when we have an opportunity like that, when somebody gets that aha project, I, I did it, you know, we all take a moment and pat ourselves on the back for a minute and, and say, wasn't that wonderful? And I'm so glad it worked out. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to help and I'm happy that you were able to secure the job. So I think those are the they're, they're small moments that feel big at the time. And you hope you hope you have more of those than any any uh, unpleasant moments. Thank you. That's that's you know what? Thanks for sharing that thought. That's that's a really good good way to look at it. I mean, it is. I mean, there were moments for me when I wrote something and it wasn't really I'm really good at this. It was wow, that turned out better than I thought it was going to. <laughs> and then the next day, you're back at it again, yeah, trying to exactly. do it again. So that's a, that's a great way to... Right. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes you take risks and you find that the risk paid off. Yeah. And you just say, I'm, I didn't screw that up. <laughs> and that feels like a little bit of a victory. And you see, you know, and you say, okay, well, I guess I guess I know what I'm doing after all, you know. In the below the line crew, in cre let's put it this way: in, cre in creative work in general, we age out. You know, at, at some point, you know, whether it's ad business and you, you know, you age out at thirty, or you know, you're doing something else. But what's the average length of a career for somebody in your business? You know, I I don't know that there is one. I mean, I I feel like I feel like for some of these department heads, it, the life expectancy is like that of a Supreme Court justice, you know? I mean, the, <laughs> you go until you just can't anymore, right? I mean, uh, you know, there have been people, there have been production designers and cinematographers and editors who have worked into their 70s, 80s, um, and and uh, and continued to do great work. So I think for people who love what they do, there's not really, there's no expiration date, you know, there's, there's not a time limit by which you have to stop. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some people get to a point where they say, look, I'm getting too old for this. I don't want to be away from home this much. I don't want to travel as much. I don't want the long days. Um, and that's, that's something that has to be decided on an individual basis. But yeah, I mean, we, we have, we have clients everywhere from their, you know, late twenties and early thirties up to you know, 80 ish. Um, and yeah. And I think it's, yeah. 
Thankfully not. <laughs> no, I no, but no, but I mean, we have look, we have had conversations with clients about, you know, as directors get younger, is it harder for the clients who are over fifty, over sixty, to connect with those directors, or or is it harder for those directors to see the client in the position? Um, will the, will they connect with the directors? vision or vibe you know so that you know that that happens we have those conversations and and it's really it's anyone's guess as to whether that matters in a particular case um but it's something people are aware of i think we're all aware of our you know our age and and ageism and how that might affect us in our careers but i i feel like there are there are too many examples of people who have just continued to plow on yeah i think that's awesome. age, i have i have know. friends that are like that that are just just Blowing me away yeah. that you know it's seventy. They're still rocking. Yeah, I guess if if you love what you do and you you can get out there and, and be motivated by it, you don't you don't feel old. You just feel like you're you know you're continuing on. Do you have a nice what you would call comfortable work life balance doing what you do? Oh wow, I I don't know if it's easy to have uh, a comfortable work life balance. You know it's. This is the kind of job that isn't just nine to five, Monday through Friday, um, especially when you represent people all over the world. Um, you know, it might be a holiday here. It's not a holiday over there. It's 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 nighttime here. It's morning there. Um, I haven't I don't think I've probably had, had a vacation in the last two decades that didn't involve answering the phone and returning emails and maybe even negotiating deals. So it's tough. I mean, you, you find your way. You you hope that more than anything, you hope that your family uh, is patient and understands and goes with the flow. And and that's that's a tough sacrifice sometimes when you're, you know, you you go to a family event and you get pulled away by the phone and you're you're trying to be you're trying to be aware of the needs of both sides and, and you're in the middle and you're doing what you can. Um, but, and, and I don't think really anybody is disrespectful of, of the need for personal time and personal boundaries and that. But when, when a deal has to be made and the client has to start work on Monday, you know, people don't really care that you're on vacation and they, they need what they need and you understand that they need what they need and you do your best. So you just, uh, you know, you, you try to manage all sides at the same time, but it, it can be tough. I mean, I think it's just, it's like any high level professional job. What's changing that you see the most in the film and TV and streaming media world these days? Is there more media being produced? Uh, is Does it bring more work to the agency business? Is uh, What are your just general thoughts about where everything's headed these days? Well, um, I do think that the the pandemic was a major factor in the explosion of streaming media. Um, people stopped going to the movie theaters. Movies were made, they needed to be released. A lot of them went to the streaming channels. People were locked in their homes. They wanted to be entertained or informed. They turned to their uh, cable companies, their streaming outlets and so on. And I think that that's going to have some long legs. I think I think that will that will affect the uh, the industry and how people receive content and how they how they choose to um, to see movies. Um, 
it certainly has resulted in, and this this started really before the pandemic, but the the explosion of streaming outlets has resulted in a a boom in production, the the number of productions that get made. Um, we obviously hope that the quality stays good, and you know sometimes quantity and quality are not uh, you know hand in hand. But um, but it has created more more work opportunities. It has given people opportunities to climb the ladder a little bit more. Um, you know, as as availabilities are fewer, uh, companies are forced to look to people that they might not have looked at first in line. So it's given people an opportunity to to do projects that they hadn't been considered for before, um, to jump into television when they might have been living in the features film feature film world for uh, a while or or. Um, so I think there are pros. I am worried about potential cons, like people don't go to the movies as much anymore. You know, we, we have 50 and 60 inch high definition and 4k televisions and nice quality audio at home. And that's very comfortable and it's affordable and it's on demand. Why get out in the weather and stand in line to buy a $16 ticket to go see a movie at a predetermined time? you know, in a theater with more people than you might be comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I think we're going to have to find ways of, uh, of adapting as the industry often does. But, um, but I do hope that people will continue to want that experience, the communal experience that, that getting out, maybe a date in a movie night um, and experiencing a film on a big screen, you know, where you're, you're immersed in the storytelling. I, I certainly hope that, that that never goes away. It's important, I think, to understand your your first question. What does an agent do? Uh, is always a good one, and I and I think it's important for people who haven't worked with an agent who might be thinking about it, or maybe even people who have and they've been wondering if their agent is doing what they should be doing for them. I think it's important to remember that agents, by and large, we don't get people jobs. I mean, I can't compel anybody to hire my client, right? I can encourage, I can nudge, I can advocate. I definitely try to connect the dots. I try to bring people together. I try to get my client in the room to present himself or herself and what they can do, particularly with regard to a specific project. But it's really, it's up to the client at that point to get himself or herself the offer, you know. And and uh, and of course, we do a lot of follow-up and trying to remind people and get get the answers that we hope for but um but i think i think there is a often a misconception and maybe it's because how agents are portrayed in the media or 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 what we see in uh, in other uh, ways that the agent get gets you the job and if you didn't get the job it's because you didn't have a good agent or something you know and that's really not that's really not how it tends to work at least not in my my side you know I don't I've never represented actors athletes or directors or whatever but um I think that's an important distinction because we do we do meet people often who have come to us from other agencies saying I'm having a bad exp- I'm not happy with my experience and uh and very often we'll hear the complaint is my agent hasn't gotten me a job lately, you know, um, and that, that seems to be a, a common perception. One of the biggest things it seems like that you offer is the fact that you do network and you have a large network. So you are on that list that gets called, you know, you're on that list. Now, whether that you have the perfect fit for this project is totally up in the air. 
if if you happen to represent somebody that fits that well, of course they're going to get a chance, right? To to pitch it. Yeah, of course. And to see, we hope yeah, so. So and then so your job is to uh, your your job is to help them once that you know that you're down the road on that. But the huge benefit to having an agent is that they are seeing the opportunities that you're never going to see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, you know, it's a team effort. It really is. A, it really is a team effort. And, and um, you know, we are limited by the information that's shared with us. Some, some people are better at sharing information in a timely manner and others aren't. And I know clients, clients can become frustrated if they've had a meeting and there hasn't been an, an answer or a decision made quickly. And, you know, we say, yes, I have been chasing them for feedback. And I don't know if they're done with their process of meeting. I don't know if they're still considering you. I'm trying to find out. And so uh, so we are in the middle very often trying to keep the client happy and, and interested, trying to keep the production interested in the client. And uh, and it's um, it's a bit of a juggling act at times. One one sentence, and it can be a run on sentence. If I am a below the line crew person that feels like I'm ready, how do I get my foot in the door? I think the best way is through the referral of somebody that you know and trust. Yeah, a referral will always get the attention of an agent, or, or my attention at least, if it's coming from somebody that I know and trust. Theme music for Gig with Mike Redmond was composed and produced by Other Animal. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Gig with Mike Redmond. If you like what you heard, I'd ask that you subscribe and like us. And finally, if you have questions about a job or ideas for an episode, contact me at gigwithmikeredmond at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Mike Redmond, signing off.